says it's time again for Buddy Martin. Call him up and tell him what you're thinking. But be kind because he's doing the best he can. Better. Stronger. Faster. Mama says that alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth but no toothbrush. Hey, what if the voice calls while you're gone? Take a message. <laughs> Bye. You ready, champ? I'm ready for this my whole life. I'm incapable of small talk. <laughs> but that's why you love me, right? Kind of intimidating to be in the presence of so many great athletes. Now, here he is, the host. Buddy Martin. Let's get this thing started on a Monday. Good afternoon. I'm Buddy Martin <clears throat> coming to you somewhat live from the program. I hope we'll be up and around here in a moment. We're having a little difficulty getting started today, but I think you'll see we'll make it through. Our producer is off right now. There we go. <clears throat> All right. Good to see you today on a Monday. Uh, what a weekend. What a terrific win by the Florida Gators. Many of you still celebrating as we did on Saturday night, had a long conversation on our show Saturday night on America's fastest growing sports network. This is what's happening here. This thing is going nuts. We're so happy to report that we've been getting positive feedback and reinforcement from people out there. And I just turned off the phone to see that three more people moments ago asked to join the Gator Nation Kingdom. And you too can get your friends to join if they pass muster with our knights who are fair but tough. They will screen you, by the way. They've done a marvelous job led by Lynn Tindall. Terrific job by the Team Bubba's knights have done a sensational job. So off we go. In fact, we are making a little bit of news around here. And apparently when the ESPN crew from Bristol comes here on Thursday to this house, not just down the road in Jacksonville or there, but from Bristol and Fritz Mitchell, who is the producer for all of college football specials in 2019. They're doing the 150-year celebration of college football. They're working on the SEC part of it, and Fritz will do the whole thing nationally. Fritz will call me, and he will be here with a crew. I wanted to do it in my house on Thursday morning. I don't know what part I can show of that, if anything. Depends on ESPN. I think the Crown Prince might be there. Maybe get a little B-roll, as they say in the business, tell you what it looked like. And hey, want to know, among other things, besides the fact that I did books on Steve Spurrier and Urban Meyer and been around since Methuselah, a little bit about what we're doing on Gator Nation Kingdom. He was very intrigued with this. So all of you out there who made this thing possible, you're the reason. Okay? Really good show today. In fact, I have to get going to get the guest in. Uh, our friend was on all of this last weekend and did a terrific job of, of nailing down and, and giving some analysis on college basketball. He does quite often for the Gators. You know him well, Bill Koss, uh, who does uh, 
broadcasting. You know, you'll see him around on various networks, and you'll see him. Um, uh, I hear him on the Gator Radio Network. Bill does a terrific job. Been doing it for a while. He will join us in just a moment. He will talk about that win Saturday night. It was one of the classics, wasn't it? One of the best wins ever by college by Florida's basketball team, and one of the best in sports in Florida in a long, long time. And uh, it's one that should be celebrated and was celebrated. And we had a terrific late night dilly dilly on Saturday to celebrate that. So I'm going to do my best while we're talking here, see if I can locate Bill. And uh, we will have a conversation today about what's going on in his world. Won't be able to scout, won't be able to Skype him, but we'll be able to Skype audio him. And then Franz Beer will join us at six o'clock. We'll talk about it some more. So Hello. I think that would be the voice of one William Koss right there. Bill Koss, how are you, my friend? How you doing, buddy? Not as good as you. You've been making money all day long for all your clients. Oh, you bet. <laughs> there you go. It's Klaus Olinger, right? Is that what it is called now? Klaus Olinger, you yeah, bet. Yeah, uh, yeah. Those guys are doing a great job, buddy. They're yeah. just letting me hang around anymore. <laughs> count, the, count the change. Take the spare change and go for it. <laughs> there you go. Hey, That's we it. we tried to reach you last minute. We did a spontaneous late-night dilly-dilly, which was really a lot of fun. And it was a long shot. We knew you probably weren't available, but we tried. Because in the spirit of the moment, Bill, and you've been through a lot of this ups and downs, with this basketball team over the years, uh, it, it was such a moment, and that's what we're talking about here, that people wanted to celebrate it. And and our people here on this show, and Gator Nation Daily News and Gator Nation Kingdom, uh, really were excited about it, and, and rightfully so, because it was a statement game, convincing win over a team that has been Florida's nemesis, number one rivalry over the years, and absolutely smacked them down. There was one nervous moment in there, which we'll, we'll talk about. But give me your take of this win, beating Kentucky twice this year. Does it vindicate uh, Florida for some of the things, the problems they have when they started losing all those games and couldn't throw it in the ocean? You know, buddy, I wish I'd have been on there with you because uh, it was the same kind of deal for me. I I will share this with you. I had tears in my eyes talking to Chioza, and I have I got I got very emotional personally because I've experienced, you know, so many Florida-Kentucky battles and the final game of the year and a lot on the line and winning our national championships. And, you know, the things that we've accomplished, uh, you know, I looked this up uh, several years ago, but we're the only team uh, to beat Kentucky seven in a row uh, in, 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 uh, in their history, you know, except for Notre Dame back in the 30s. Notre Dame had a string there back in the late 20s, early 30s, but – Modern day, seven in a row, and then, of course, we've won three of the last four. But with Chris Gios as a senior, four years, you know, he's a kid that came in there without, you know, a lot of fanfare and kind of played behind people and size, undersized, and, you know, a lot of things there that uh, could have uh, been a detriment for him. And then, of course, the change. You know, Mike White comes in, uh, Billy and John Pelfrey recruited Chris, and, you know, and he said to me on the air, you know, I said to him, I asked him, I said, you know, you could have left. I said, you could have said, hey, you know, I'm going to go. I don't know who the new guy is. And these guys recruited me and I'm going to transfer. And he didn't. And he said, you know, Mr. Cossey said this on the air. He everybody he said, I, I never quit at anything. My dad and my mother taught me don't ever quit at anything. And, and to me, that's what college teaches you, buddy. You know, 
I mean, I've seen a lot of kids uh, that have quit and transferred and things didn't get better for them. Yeah. And uh, kids that have a understanding of growing up and showing maturity, and and that boy, he really has done it. I mean, he, he has been a tremendous asset in so many ways because of his maturity and, and the way he cares about others. And it shows up in the way he plays on the floor. And he had tears in his eyes. I mean, he literally was looking at me, and tears were running down his eyes. And I'm looking at him, and I start crying. Mm. You know, I mean, it was a big deal. And I and that crowd, the people, you know, the fans, you know, they can talk all they want about 24,000 Rupp Arena and all their fans and all their history. And I admire them for what they've done through the years. But right now, I, I guarantee you, Alexander, who who told Mike White he was coming to Florida, right? He gave him a verbal, and then he turned his back on us and went to Kentucky. He had to have second thoughts in that building. You know, when when, sick, when, yeah. when when that, yeah, you know, uh, buddy, when you're in there before the game mm-hmm. now and they bring that uh, stuff down on the floor and the floor opens up and the guys are being introduced and, you know, 10,500 and some people there yesterday, that crowd was amazing, and uh, rather Saturday, and, and it was just a tremendous thing for Florida to have a basketball program that's among the elite in America. And, uh, you know, and, and then you beat Kentucky twice this year, and you've done what we've done to win 20 games. Mike White in the regular season wins 20 games. Those are all big deals. And uh, it's just something for all our fans to be proud of because they've been a big part of everything we've done, the Gator basketball fans, the ones that really, really look at our basketball program and care about it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm getting fired up here, all right, because I was fired up. It's okay. Night. It's okay. There, there's, there's a few athletes every now and then. I was thinking today about Mickelson winning Sunday in Mexico, all right? I was thinking about Mickelson, and I've known him a number of years. Not well, but I've followed him closely and. He won tournaments where I worked and things of that nature. And it was so compelling to watch him win. And I started thinking about other athletes and other players. And when I say you, honestly, who would you pay to see play? All right? In my time, Bill, and your time especially, I've seen a lot. I wouldn't pay for too many people. I'll be honest with you. I've, I've, I've been there, done that. But Chris Chiosa is a guy I would pay to see play. Because he had, he plays with such relentless effort. Matter of fact, I think what he ought to do, I think maybe, uh, 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 maybe, maybe Dan ought to go out and get him recruiting and see if he's got a year of eligibility left uh, to play defensive back because he plays with relentless effort, you know? Uh, and yeah. as a kid, he's got a big heart. He plays hard all the time. He's fun to watch. He's a great passer. He's an unselfish player. And I have really enjoyed him. Now, you said you had tears in your eyes. Uh, you know, you're, you're a basketball analyst, analyst. You try to be somewhat uh, neutral most of the time, but every now and then you get touched by something. And I'm looking at a comment by Don Rutledge. You know who Don Rutledge is? Six-time well. six Final Four uh, official. Call the, call the Final Four six times. He's saying, thanks, Cheese, for a great career. Now, Rutledge has seen them all. You know, he's seen them all. He, of course, he's a Gator. Uh, you are talking about this. So I think maybe... There's something special here, and it's generated by Chris Chiosa. And it all seemed to come to a head in an emotional moment there uh, at the Old Dome. I know it's called Exact Tech Arena. Uh, and it was a special night and a big win over a team that you'd rather beat than anybody else in college basketball. What else could you want? Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, and they'd rather beat us than anyone else. Right. I think I mentioned this to you. You had a great stat. Yeah, 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 crowd, yeah. Our, our Gators. And and they're and that I talked to Mike Pratt about it before the game and after the game. We're their rival. And uh, so, you know, I'll tell you what. Let's go back to Missouri. So Mick and I are sitting there doing the game, and it comes down. And, you know, we were struggling up there. I mean, Missouri's pretty good. I mean, that, that Missouri's very good, and they got experience. So we're behind, and she steals the ball. Steals the ball. Yep. And, and he takes it the length of the floor, and as he's coming to the basket on the other end, he kind of slows up a little bit to collect himself, lays it in, and we win, right? Yeah. And Mick called it. I mean, Mick Hubert's call was as good as anything. I, all the football calls, all of them. I mean, you know, and I'm just getting goosebumps just listening to Mick make this call. <laughs> so afterwards, Cheese comes over, we interview him, you know, and 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 uh, asked him the question. I said, you know, you you, you you stole the ball. He said, well, I looked up at the shot clock, and it had 3.2 se- I looked at the clock 3.2 seconds, and I knew I could get from half court to the basket easy in a second and a half. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I could go in the end in three seconds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I just love that comment. Oh, I said, great. he's got so much awareness, so much awareness, you know. Bill, I didn't mean to walk on your line. Go ahead and reshare what you told us the other day about the the, the biggest crowds of Kentucky and, and, and Florida and how they rank. Well, six of the top, five of the top ten crowds in the history of Rupp Arena are Florida. Louisville's got one of them. Kansas has got one. North Carolina's got one. But Florida has five of the top ten crowds, and this year alone, we had the biggest crowd in Rupp Arena. Not Louisville, not Tennessee. You know, Tennessee and Kentucky always had this thing about a rival. But Kentucky fans, they see Florida as their rival, Mm -hmm. and Florida the same way. Six of the top ten crowds in the Exact Tech or O'Connell Center, whatever, you know, Six of the top ten have been have been Kentucky. Yeah. So you know, it, it for Florida players. I mean, I can tell you, buddy, all through the years, particularly back when I played, you couldn't wait to go to Lexington because every oh, fan yeah. knew your name, no matter yeah. who you were, and they wanted your autograph. And you know, there was just this tremendous interest uh, that those people have always had for basketball, and that's why I've admired the Ocala people so much, and the tip off club down there, and a Do lot a of the people that mm-hmm. have joined that. They're, yeah, they're they come from the horse farms and all that they love basketball you know and they would ask good questions and they really uh, had a genuine interest in in the sport so you know that uh, to me is winning kentucky beating kentucky and for for kentucky now beating florida you know that's their big win every year you know it's not beating kansas or north carolina it's beating us yeah (laughs) and we and we've earned their respect because two national championships all these trips to the final four Final uh, eight again last year, you know they they didn't get there, and so you know all of that for us has really been uh, been big. So yeah. I don't know, you know it's. Uh, well, I, and, and I'll tell you something else. It, it, I don't want to call it a renaissance just yet, but with with Mullen being here now and the, and the whole attitude about football being different and turning the corner and getting his team back on track after all those losses looked like they were going down the tubes at one point in time. We were all wondering. What happened to this team? Can they ever reverse their fortunes? And to come out now and win three games like that, topped off by whacking Kentucky 80-67, and the game wasn't even that close. Uh, it re- it puts a, ties a ribbon on it as they go into the SEC uh, tournament this week, playing late Friday night. I forget, winner of game six and two. I don't, well, they're playing late, I'll tell you that. This has really got people yeah. excited <clears throat> here on our show, on the Gator Nation Kingdom, 
on the Buddy Martin show, yeah. people are all buzzed and uh, and really excited. You can't see the comments I can see here alongside as we're talking, but yeah, they're excited. But let me take you back to a minute. Let's be honest here. Let's have a little con- uh, confession, uh, Father Koss. I'm gonna I'm gonna come into your right, here and say <laughs> I uh, I came in I, I came in a couple of weeks. I got my notes. I came in about three weeks ago here, and I was awfully dispirited and disappointed in in this basketball team because I thought they were better than what they were playing. I felt like Mike White was the right guy, but it was not validated, and I'm thinking, what if they lose their last three? What's going to happen in this program? So I started to say, let me just be honest with this and say what the problem is here. I don't like to be hypercritical, but let's just tell it like it is. And I thought about so there's five U's, all right? They're unable to find a leader and a scorer and the right combination on the floor. They're unable, they're undisciplined uh, doing things like taking the ball out of bounds. They are unresponsive or can't follow or won't follow the plan of the head coach. They are unlucky with injuries, even the bounces of the ball. So many balls looked like they would go in, and they did not go in. And then finally, and maybe if they don't win, they are unworthy of being in the tournament. Well, okay, now I'm going to go back and eat my words. But I was right at the time. And I'll say this. They were worthy. Uh, and I, the one play I want to talk about, and you'll remember it, you get a little nervous late in the game when you got Kentucky down. You want to finish them off. And it's getting to be with about six, a little over six minutes to go. Hudson gets a ball in the corner, shoots a three ball. It's a rim rattler. That ball bounces and bounces, and I swear it was going to go out. And it didn't. Mm-hmm. It went in. It seemed like every ball I've seen this year, the Florida shot, always came out. This ball yeah, Alex went threw in. Up, yeah, that's right. That's right. And Florida went ahead 68-56 and never looked back. Uh, got the Kulichev uh, free, free foes. He played great down the stretch. So just that one moment for me was like, okay, it, it's all going the right way now. Let's see how far they can go. That's how I feel. What do you think? Well, you know, I think as a fan, you know, we, we do tend to look. Uh, when you lose, all your blemishes uh, seem to be bigger, you know. And so I think that's always been the characteristic of sports. Uh, you know, we see us at a uh, we see our, our, our weaknesses the, the most when we lose. When we win, we kind of don't see them. They get, they get glossed over. But every team has shortcomings. So I don't care what team it is in America today that you say, oh, they're great, this is great. But they all have shortcomings, and they have to try to play from their strengths. So if you take our season as a whole and, and you look at what maybe our strengths were, Number one, we really do have great kids. I mean, not not just good kids, great kids. I mean, these are young people who have the right ideals about themselves. Every day they come to practice. They don't get in trouble. If they come one minute late for a shoot-around, Mike won't start them. He's been consistent with all that. But as a group, you know, they really enjoy each other. They care about each other. And, and and it's a more experienced team than a lot of teams because you've got older guys. I mean, Alan Al is a junior. Chris Joseph is a senior. I mean, Kulichoff has been unbelievable, a fifth-year senior, you know. And all of that, Stone, I mean, all of them have had some experience now in terms of minutes played to where they uh, they understand that it's a long season. So I think if I'm a fan of Tennessee, if I'm a fan of anybody in, in our league, 
there have been weak points in the season where they've struggled. They haven't lived up to their potential. They haven't played the way our fan, the way their fans think they ought to play. Kentucky's certainly the best example of that right now with all these freshmen. But if you take the group and you say, who would I like to have as a coach working with? I'd like to have our guys. Somebody said to me before the game, oh, Kentucky's got, uh, they're going to win today. They're so much better than we are. Their players are so much better. Now they finally figured it out. I said, well, let me ask them, who would you trade Chioza for? Would you trade him for Alexander? Oh, no. Why, why? Well, because Alexander's a freshman and Cheese is a fourth-year senior. You know, who would you trade Kulichov for? Would you trade him for Knox, a freshman? No, I wouldn't, even though Knox has got all kind of ability and and uh, whether he makes it in the pros or not, he's got a lot of strengths as a player, but I'd rather have Kulichov, a lot more experience, a lot steadier guy, night in and night out. Kulichov gets you seven rebounds and double figures. He's shooting 42% from the three-point line. He's been consistent, consistent, consistent. And that's awesome to have a player like that. So Mike White's got a group of guys he can communicate with, and really I felt like here at the end of the season, I really did. I mean, I, I believed they would win. Uh, someone said, well, they're going to get beaten at Alabama. I said, no, they're not. They're going to beat Alabama. I bet you they'll beat Alabama. You're and right. they did. Yeah. And I'm about, yeah, I did. so the thing is, buddy, you know, I like the fact that they're coachable, that they care, that they really are unselfish, mm -hmm. and they have that experience. Now, wh what do they lack? I'll tell you what they lack. Most kids lack this fundamental basketball skills mm -hmm. so when people play a zone against us we have trouble passing the basketball fundamentally because most of these kids today they, they, they're, it's all about scoring off the dribble it's all about playing off the dribble and making something happen off the dribble instead of passing cutting moving without the ball if if we throw the ball into the center of a zone defense and, and if we had a big guy who knew how to catch it, and reverse it, it yeah. <laughs> and distribute it, and yeah. repost, yeah. repost. Don't try to catch it and score. Right. Catch it, pass it, repost. Mm -hmm. Now catch it and score, maybe. Right. But those are the fundamentals that, that a team, but we can shoot the ball. Boy, can we shoot it. When we make it, we are lethal when we make yeah. it. The yeah. first half, 40, 48 points against Kentucky. The only other team that did that this year was West Virginia. They got 48. Mm -hmm. Wow. And we got 48, and I guarantee you that Kentucky went to the locker room at halftime and said, whoa, you know? Yeah. I mean, we just uh, – Well, who's we that, who's that Jalen Hudson guy? He had 17 up. Yeah, who's – yeah, there you go. That's right. And then Allen makes the shot before the half, and they're going, what is going on here, you know? All right, well, final question for our friend Bill Cost. Great stuff as usual. Gators play on Friday night late against a team to be determined. Uh, I think the question is uh, on the floor. We talked about this some on on Saturday night. Mike White, Mike White referenced it. Can this basketball team stand success? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, you know you, you start wondering when they've lost some like they have, but right now it's a whole different deal. You, you know, you mentioned something about Mike a minute ago, and you know, uh, buddy Billy when he left here. You know, he left. It was a hard job for Billy. I mean, he won two national championships, yeah. and he still had difficulty getting the kids to come here that he wanted to come here. I remember a couple years before he left, he said, Bill, these are the seven guys that I want. These are my top seven guys. 
and I'm in it with Kansas, North Carolina, Duke, right? right. And, he's, and, and he didn't get any of them. He missed all seven. Yeah, and they went tough. somewhere else. So, I mean, for Mike, you know, in recruiting, I mean, he's, he's done a heck of a job of getting the kind of kids that he can recruit and coach, and, and they'll play for the Gators, and they'll play hard. And this group, group coming in next year is the best class, one of the best class. Well, it's the best class he's recruited, and it's one of the best classes Florida's recruited. Three very good players coming in. So when you put all that in the mix, and you take the kids as they are today. Mike Pratt said to me walking out of the game, he said, Bill, it's hard to get kids up for every game today. Oh, yeah. They just don't get it. It's just hard for them. So, you know, I think this group will be ready. I really do, buddy. I think they'll go to the tournament with a, with a real energy to, to win the thing. And I, I, I've got high hopes for us winning the SEC tournament championship. I really do. And uh, then get into the NCAA and win a couple, and then who knows what's going to happen after that. If they get a good seed, I still think they could get a four seed in the tournament. I really do. Particularly if they get to the finals. If they get to the finals of the SEC tournament, I believe they'll be a four seed. And then that opens the door for, you know, giving you a chance, you know, in the first couple first couple games. Yeah. So. People, I almost posted, go. posted good stuff. I almost posted a picture of you as a player today. I didn't have to choose between that one and you broadcasting. I took the one you're broadcasting. And uh, you have a fan here. Steve Flatman says, hello, Bill. And later on, he says, Mr. Koss was my dad's favorite player. How about that? Wow. Huh? Punt? Pretty, oh, the old punt bird is pretty popular. That, that made the whole phone call worthwhile. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, really good to talk to you. Well, I, we'll hope to get a chance to talk to you uh, after the tournament's over. And uh, to chat some Look more about basketball. To it, buddy. A lot of fun. Appreciate it very much. You know, buddy, I have to thank you, too. I, I mean it sincerely. You have been an unbelievable guy for the Gators and for our basketball program and for sports at the university. And you're so genuine and you're, a, a, you know, trustworthy. All the things that mean an awful lot in someone who's devoted their life to what you do. And for me, it's a hobby. I'm having fun. I'm so thankful the University of Florida wants me to still be around there. Mike White's been so great. But you have really been an icon in in, in sports uh, media and all the things you've done in golf and basketball and writing Steve's book. What a great job you did with Steve Spurrier's book. Oh. I think I told you, I know I did, that you, you did. captured Steve, you know. You and it that. really is something what you've accomplished. So thank kind. you for having me on, well, but uh, look forward to it. Look listen, forward after, to that, it. after that, I'll have you on every day. thank you bill sure nice of you to say that appreciate it mr bill cost talking in soon all right bill cost coming to you there from um gainesville florida while we're waiting for france let's get francis's number down here roll it up and see if we can get it uh we're gonna try to skype him today see if we can get him on here i just wanted to say a couple things first of all this is uh today's program sponsored by the ocala quarterback club special bunch of people Shout out to my friend uh, Wes Wheeler, who's one of the officers under the weather a little bit. Wes, I hope you're feeling better. Uh, Mike McGinnis, former official, uh, SEC uh, there, of course, and Howie Robach, the quarterback, uh, the, 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 actually the, the leader of the club, uh, and then many others there that make this quarterback club uh, has had a bit of a renaissance. It's uh, double in size. Uh, they do great things in the community. They have speakers that come in are really interesting. And uh, very excited to be a part of that and to watch this growth of this quarterback club. Because, you know, sports and, and football particularly is to be celebrated. 
like right now, like Saturday night when Florida wins in basketball, you want to tell somebody. You want to talk about it to somebody. I think about some of our poor members up in Atlanta. Who is it? Mr. Kerr, John Kerr, who, John T. Kerr, who I'm sure doesn't have that many Gator fans around to talk about it. Well, this is the place you can come to do that, and we're very happy we can do that. And thank you to the quarterback club for uh, for making that possible here. And we'll tell you more about that as we get the schedule, but there will be some special events. And if you're in the area, some people live in Gainesville want to join, that's fine. Uh, we'll tell you more about it as we get closer. We're going to have an event coming up soon. Don't forget, 9 o'clock tonight, set your phones, your clock right now. Tonight, I'm, I'm reluctant to say this for fear of being a call, uh, whatever it will be called, being, se- being sexist. But if I could say it, I'd call her the sweetheart of Gator Nation Kingdom. Laura Rutledge, who was going to be on the program tonight. Very busy time for Laura. She's going to the SEC tournament. I'm so proud of what she has done when she started at Florida almost 10 years ago. My son, Brendan Martin, was her mentor, taught her how to, you all know this story, the Crown Prince got her to do television and got her started. And she just took off and went, and she worked hard to get where she is and deserves all the credit in the world for it. Nobody else does. So it's a pleasure for me to have Laura on tonight. And don't forget, tune in at 9 o'clock. We're going to start at 8.30, but we'll have Laura on at 9. And so we'll catch up with a few items there. So for sure, Laura, don't miss her. She's she's terrific. Um, gosh, it's glad to see Paul Feinbaum back on the air. I don't know about you all. I'm a Paul Feinbaum fan. I'd like to watch the program in the afternoon, go on vacation for a while. And if you want to know what's happening around the SEC, you know, and you want to stay up with it, Feinbaum is a good source of that, and I, I enjoy it. A couple other notes here before I, we, 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 we dial friends. Uh, Florida announced today this homecoming game next fall will be November the 3rd against Missouri. So LSU, you're off the hook this year. So, yeah, for sure. So, And I'll talk more about this story about Danny White's brother. Became an AD. Boy, these uh, these ADs from White family are popping up everywhere. Let's see what else I got on my little clipboard here. Oh, yeah, I want to talk about Shaquem Griffin. What a story he is. What a terrific young man. What he did at, uh, at the combine. I'm not a combine guy. Anybody watch the combine at all? I, I watched it some today, and I watched it just maybe five minutes for the weekend. But uh, Shaquem Griffin, the kid from UCF with one hand, what an unbelievable competitor. Never mind his, 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 what do you call it, development challenge, his or his physically challenged. Uh, I don't want to call it handicap. That's not the right thing. Uh, but he has only one hand, and he lifts weights with the use of a of, of a uh, what do you call that arm? Uh, it's it's like a it has an iron clamp on it, prosthesis, and he holds that. He did twenty reps on the bench press with basically one hand in that prosthesis like that, and he blew him away in the 40. Fastest time run in 10 years by a linebacker. This kid played for UCF, and I guarantee you without him, UCF wouldn't have won as many games. This kid's something special, so looking forward to it. Yeah, Joey, you're right. It's a great story. My favorite player I watched uh, headed to the draft. I'm watching. He's, he's rising, Joey. He's rising. So, uh, yeah, so uh, – all right, so it's going to be a good night. We're going to call France. What else I got to do here on my clipboard? We've got the orange clipboard ready, just in case something comes up. Got all my notes off of that. Let's see here. I think that will do it for the moment. I want to mention, by the way, that tonight's program, Late Night Dilly Dilly, is brought to you in part by 
our friends at the CD Farm, our own Tracy and Chris Decubulus, they're sponsoring this, this program now for the next three months. They stepped up, and we appreciate that so much. Don't forget CD Farms, Archer, pasture-fed, livestock, fresh vegetables and fruit, etc. We'll give you more information about them, where they locate them and get a hold of our stuff later on, for sure. And then, of course, we always like to mention Daniel L. Hightower, who's our friend uh, and also a great supporter of our program. Daniel L. Hightower, uh, lawyer fighting for accident and victim justice since 1976. Car accident, work accident, wrongful death, personal injury, social security disability. Contact Daniel L. Hightower, lawyer fighting for accident and victim justice since 1976. Call 352 629 7777 7777 or visit danhightower.com offices in downtown Ocala, Florida. Before I do this, I need to take down my graphic. This is what the Prince usually does, but he's off today. Um, and uh, make sure that I've got the right graphic up. Let's see here. Don't you love these spam calls? This is from Reynoldsburg, Ohio. Now, why can't AT&T and all those other companies do something about this? You know, they have no way to get my number, but they got a computer that dials my, and I get, like you do, four or five of these a day. It's time that the communications company took responsibility for something that's broken. All right? I didn't sign up for this, and you didn't either. So, makes me mad. Uh, yeah, let's take bill costs down, and let's see if we can get back up here and find our friend, France Beard and get a hold of him. Where are you, Francis? Uh, and we'll give him a shot, see if we can get a hold of him. Meanwhile, uh, <clears throat> don't forget, 9 o'clock, that's, that's, we're calling France here, so let's see if he's ready. <clears throat> All right, Francis, pick up, buddy. Mm-hmm. Francis, oh, well, there he is. I was beginning to say you must be in the shower again. Hang on, and I'll be on the video. All right. I'll get you up here in just a moment as soon as I get you up. Uh, nice chat with your friend Bill Koss, uh, talking about Gator basketball, as you know. He's a friend of yours. Yes, and, he uh, is, and uh, and a great Gator. Uh, talk about is. a guy that has has given his heart and soul to, to Florida athletics yes. as, as much as any former letterman we've ever had. Yes, he is. Do I have you yet? I am here. All right. Well, I'm not seeing you yet, so we'll work on that. There uh, <clears throat> you are there, but I don't have a picture of you yet. There's no, you're, you're, you're not working. There you go. All right, Francis. Let's see if I can get you back now. Uh, okay. We're we're amateurs at this stuff, right? So we'll see if we can get it out. All right. Let's see if I can make this work. That'll be the next thing. And do this. And do this. And let's see where you went. Let's see if we can find you. And I don't have you. <laughs> so uh, hear me. I hear you fine. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go with you on audio until I get this figured out. So anyway, uh, friends, uh, we just were kind of going over the details of uh, uh, of Saturday night's game. And, and what a great moment it was for Florida fans, especially because they have a, they, they've, they've got, they're enjoying a bit of a renaissance here right now, as you know, and, it's really great a night to see Chose go out like he did. We talked about it Saturday, 
And it was really one of those special moments I think we've all come to appreciate, you know? So um, I, I, I know we got a lot of people all buzzed, and I know you were kind of buzzed about it too. So it's always good to, to see folks get excited about stuff like that. Well, the game, you know, here's an interesting little stat to go along with this. This was the third time in the last four meetings that Mike White has beaten Calipari. He's three and three career against Calipari, three out of his last four. Um, you know, and I say that particularly to that group that's out there that uh, said, oh, we need a new coach. Well, you know what? Over the last couple of years, nobody's beaten John Calipari more than Mike White. You know, you don't beat the talent Kentucky's got on a consistent basis unless you're a pretty darn good basketball coach. And he is, I think, I'm convinced he's the right guy at the right time. And, and he's like, you know, I'll, I'll give you a good example. There was this guy here named Billy, Billy something or other. Mm-hmm. Don, I think it was. Irish guy. Yeah, Irish guy. You know, in his first his first two years, people were saying, oh, gosh, this guy can't coach at all. Then all of a sudden, the Gators have success. Then the Gators won and done in the NCAA tournament, and people were saying, oh, gosh, this guy can't coach at all. We need a new coach. Well, guess what happens after the, the last one and done he did, which was 2005? He comes out there, and he wins the next two national championships. Uh, and, and he probably had the talent to win a third one if he was if if he kind of cheat a little bit, which he wasn't, because Florida lost a couple of great players who could have been the difference. It could have made a difference. This could have been a national championship team, a third strike, if he had been willing to cheat, and he didn't, which is why he's in the NBA now. Did you have a chance to get any news out of the combine? To change the subject, uh, combine. Uh, I know uh, some SEC players did fairly good today. Uh, we were talking about it some yesterday or this morning on the phone. Uh, of course, Shaquem Griffin is the story that people are talking about. He's stealing the spotlight. He's uh, what a performance. He should. He yeah. should. My goodness. Pretty time of a linebacker. Ten years. And since two thousand six. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and he did 20, you know, let's put this in perspective. Orlando Brown, who a lot of people say will be the first chosen, he's out of Oklahoma. Orlando Brown ran a 5.89, 6 foot 8 and 245 pounds. He did a whopping 14 rep of 225. Shaquem Griffin ran a 4.3840 and with, and basically one hand in a yeah, well, <clears throat> uh, it was it would be impressive for anybody, and the anomaly that he of course has we know about. But uh, gee whiz, what a uh, what a special young man he was, and how great to see him do so well. We all root for him. You, know, you like you talk about players you root for. We we certainly root for him. That's for sure. Uh, somebody wants to know how Duke Dawson did. Ran a four four six forty. Did fifteen reps. Uh, I haven't gotten his uh, vertical yet. Because uh, I've been at the gym, so I haven't seen his vertical yet. But uh, Duke Duke made himself some money today. Uh, the fact that you know he's proven that he can cover in the SEC. Running a four four six helped him a bunch. Uh, actually, faster than Minka Fitzpatrick. 
Now everybody knows really? who yeah. Fitzpatrick is. Minka Fitzpatrick ran a four four eight. Yeah. Duke Dawson's faster than Minka Fitzpatrick, hmm. and uh, now he doesn't have the physical size that Minka does, and or the reputation. But I guarantee you, Duke Dawson's a player, and he's going to make all of Cross City very very proud. Yeah. Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, I don't follow the combine too much, but today we're so much in analytics and stuff, and we do see some things we didn't know. Players that like you know, I knew Shaquem Griffin was fast. I didn't know he was that fast. Man, he's a flyer, isn't he? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'll tell you another guy that really helped himself was DJ Chark out of LSU. Ran a four three four forty. Did twenty plus rep. And then had a 40-inch vertical, and this is a six-foot-three, almost six-foot-four receiver. Uh, you take that kind of speed and athletic and leaping ability, and you know now all of a sudden you have an instant deep threat, and that guy that quarterbacks love because they say, well, you know, 40-inch vertical, overthrowing. Yeah, uh, we got one of our our, our listeners, uh, Nat Blaylock, says Dixie County Duke. Is he from Cross City? Yes, he is. Okay, I didn't know that. I guess I knew it. I forgot about it. He is. The Duke of Cross City. Well, there's a Duke. You know, we've been looking for a Duke in, the court, in our kingdom. You know, maybe we can get him to be the Duke, right? Or the Duke of Dixie County, whichever the one. Duke sounds. of Dixie County sounds better, yeah, for sure. Well, all right, so now I'm looking up uh, the, uh, the brackets for Florida. And, uh, you know, when you get down to the Friday games by then, it's just hard to – remember what game is for because you got to go if this team if this team but they play late on friday obviously um and uh they'll play the they'll play uh after arkansas uh plays the winner of game two i'm not going to go back and look at game two uh then they'll play the winner of that game so uh anything could happen you would think i was just talking to uh, bill cost and you would certainly think that uh florida's trending upward but again going back to what uh, Mike White said they've had problems handling success. So you're a little bit fearful of, of assuming that's going to happen. And I think that's what Mike was saying when he said, hey, we've had problems with success in the past, you know. Well, they're ranked today. And, and the last two or three times they've been ranked, as soon as they got ranked, they got knocked off. So uh, th- this is going to be – this is going to have to be uh, – which the Gators really, really stay completely. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's a good thing that they've got an entire week off because uh, they're going to have some pretty day tomorrow and Wednesday. They'll travel on Thursday and they'll have a, a full day, you know, on Friday to watch games because they're playing late. So I think it's a, out better for them instead of having to jump immediately you get ranked on a Monday and then all of a sudden you're uh, I think this works out very well for them they've got a, a week to absorb they've got ball games to watch uh, because the winner on Wednesday could beat the could play up could be the team you end up playing on Friday so you got a, a choice of like four teams that you could be playing so I think that it, that this really works out. Um, I, I, I'm very, I'm convinced that that Florida is in 
is in really, really good shape. Yeah. I understand you're doing a day-night doubleheader. You're going to be here and then back again for the uh, for the Dilly Dilly late night, which starts at 8.30, and uh, then we'll have this woman named Rubbage on. No can to die, Rubbage, my buddy who's uh, down in Orlando. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, And Laura will be on. She'll be Skyping in, uh, and we'll get her take on a few things. You know where she's really matured is that she's really matured in her knowledge of the game. We, we remember the Laura of old when we had, you know, had her on the Gator Country team. I asked her if we were getting part of the band back together, Brendan, uh, me, uh, friends, etc. I said, what, what, what would you be doing, air guitar or vocals? She said, make mine the air guitar. So <laughs> there you go. I figured you'll be on the drums. You always are making a lot of noise. And, well, so. I'll tell you one thing about one thing about Laura is is I don't know if there's anything she's incapable of doing. I mean, she plays several instruments. She's an accomplished accomplished dancer and ballet and other and other things. She, you know, we see. I mean, you know, they put her on there doing doing essentially the effect what effectively is play-by-play sticks on Friday. Yeah. And I got to tell you what, uh, she's really, really good at it. Yeah. I, I don't know if there's anything she's in. You know what? We're making people aren't going to believe us on this. They're going to say there's no way she can be that. So they just aren't going to believe us. So we, we might as well give up because we're, we're big, Laura Rutherford. Hey, let me ask you a question. Uh, uh, Vaughn wants to know what happened with Callaway. I saw a good report on Callaway. He ran a good time. Uh, what what have you heard about him? Well, he ran a four four one and did a, a thirty four inch vertical. Didn't do the bench press. Uh, probably smart that he didn't because mm-hmm. I don't. I doubt because he hasn't been in the weight room. I doubt he would do that yeah. well. But um, he's trying to sound mature. He's trying to say, well, gee, you know, McElwain would still be the coach if I had used my head. And he's using the I was young excuse. Now, my hope is that Antonio Callaway has grown up. My hope is that this last year of not being able to play football was his wake-up call. But, buddy, I'm, you know, I, I could be from Missouri this week because I'm a show-me guy right now. I'm, I'm with you on that. He's gotten enough. Yeah. I don't know any player in recent history who got more breaks from the coaching staff than Antonio Callaway. And he created a train wreck. He created an absolute train wreck up here in this thing. You know, and I get you can make mistakes and all that. Good luck to him. Hope he does well. But I'm not ready to say, come on back, everything's fine yet. So that's just me. I'm, I'm a forgiving person. You're a forgiving person. But let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Antonio Callaway didn't do right, all right? So we, but we wish him the best. Hey, by the way, here's one you'll enjoy. Our friend Don Rutledge. One of the best zebras ever to blow a whistle, as you know. Says, Franz and Rutledge tonight on the late night Dilly Dilly. At least he is on with the good looking Rutledge. <laughs> well, I got to tell you. Good one, Don. Don, I, I got to watch Don call ball games. Yeah, and, me too. And, and he, he really, you know, we always say we want a guy that, that calls the game. The way it's the folks not it doesn't yeah. have doesn't come into the ball game uh, with any personal prejudices or or things like that. There's a couple of officials in this in the SEC that I mean I, I got 
Florida ball game, I can tell you right now, it's going to be next to impossible for the Gators to win because of, of things. And, and Billy, Billy had had his run-ins with a couple of never ever gave him a break, and I often wondered why they assigned him to. One thing I like what Mike White has done, he will not let his players argue with the officials. I think that's great. I don't care how bad the call is, they can't argue with the officials. I think that's a good thing. Hey, by the way, um, uh, I was going to say that we had a question about, before we get away from it, and I want to tell you a story about Rutledge. Will Bassett be back? Uh, it depends. on he's, he's under concussion protocol. And uh, I, let's see, that the concussion happened last Wednesday night. So, so, yeah, he could be back. Yeah, he will get tested tomorrow because it's mm. a, it, you know, uh, typically it's five-day concussion protocol. So yeah. he's he, he will have an opportunity to be back. Yeah. But, you know, then again, Chase Johnson had a concussion and he yeah. off uh, dizziness from it. And so they just decided to shut him down for the year yeah. and redshirt him. And this is a guy that they feel – could be the next David Lee. So you, you never know. They, they really desperately need him, though, because if they've got him, they've got Stone, they've got Hayes, they've got Gak, and, and, and then you've got, um, you've got Bassett. And, and it's important because Gak's going to have microfracture surgery. He got 16 minutes in Saturday, and... I don't know if he could give you 16 minutes on consecutive days like he's going, like they're going he really to he really did put a lot of time in he he was really and he handled the ball decent you know he handled the ball decent and if I he's got pretty soft hands I will say that compared to others I won't mention any names and you know what I'm talking about but um, I mean he he gave effort and he know when to, he went know when to go to the bucket and made a couple layups that you weren't expecting out of him so. I think he it was had a plus points. Good moves and yeah. he had balls hang on the rim too. Yeah. I, I, I thought played I well. Thought it was probably his most impressive game since the Virginia game think, last year yeah. in the in the NCAA tournament huh. in Orlando because okay. he had a great game against Virginia. David but, Baldoff wants to know how you think the Gators are going to do in the NCAA tournament. Well, let's get them in there first. I think we can say they're in there, but they're not in there until they're in there. They're in. They, oh, oh, the Gators. Well, I know they're in, but I mean, let's let's see, let's hear a name called. So the question is going to be what kind of seed? Right. Lenardi has them right now at a five. Yeah. Um, if they would, they they would have to win the SEC tournament to get a four. Uh, they're as high as they're going to get. Yeah, really, how much difference is a four and a five? Really, I mean, not that big a deal. Well, you know, the thing about it is, is that the four plays the five eventually yeah. anyway. So. Right or the five, you're going to play the same person. Yeah, come right down. I agree. Yeah. So, but you know, it, there's some prestige in getting a top four seed. Uh, yeah. Right now, I think Lenardi's got the Gators playing in Charlotte uh, in the first round, which I, I personally I would like that a lot. I, I I think that Florida could have some advantages playing in Charlotte. Let's see. Here's his. Here is his latest. Don't make me. Don't make me drive up there, France. Don't make me drive up to that game. He's actually Diego. San Diego. I won't be going there. Sure has pocket. You know these raging of Florida fans out there. Yeah, that's not going to be a good road trip. So pretty city, but uh, nonetheless. Uh, 
Okay, so we got a couple of minutes. I want to make sure I get in the name of Dr. Frank Cannon because he's a special person in our community. He's an orthopedic doctor and Ocala Orthopedic. He sponsors a lot of sports in the area. He's one of the sponsors of the Ocala Quarterback Club, uh, and he's been one of our club champions. He's helped get the word out there to people about the club being available. And the uh, club has done so well that we've actually had other people, friends, including the two clubs in Gainesville, call me to ask me about some information about what we're doing. Just saying, I'm not bragging, but we've had some very good success. Thanks to Mike McGinnis and thanks to our supporters like Dr. Cannon, like uh, Danny Williams and uh, Greg Ergel, who said, let's go out and tell the world about what we got something special here in the quarterback club. So they sponsor this show, and we appreciate it. We just want to make sure we get that in before the day is over. Did you watch the Oscars at all, friends? No, I didn't. Yeah, it was disappointing. I watched with my wife. Because she likes to watch it, and I'm not an Oscar fan. But, hey, I figure out she watches my football. I watched it. Just my quick summation of it is lousy movies, not much of a program. So I haven't uh, watched the Oscars, I think, since the last time I watched them was maybe 2009 or 2000. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I gave up. Last time you watched them, Johnny Carson was hosting. <laughs> yeah, that was a really good time when Johnny was It was. Hosting. It was, yeah. Um, you know, here's the th- here's the thing that I don't like about about it. Uh, we we get these years, for example, when when all, you know it's like this is the year for foreign films and everything. And, I, and I know. It was boring. It's boring, and you know, and it's just really boring. I'm sorry. They give you one little, uh, give you a, I give you a uh, supporting actor off the bat, then you get 19 categories you could care less about. So I, I walked away with some work. So. Who had the best costumes in a foreign yeah. documentary? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It was sorry, not, that's just yeah. not my thing. Not you and me. It's not, apparently not Joey McBrayers either, because he uh, uh, he also said he turned it on, turned it off. All right. So in the final minutes, I want to talk about this White family is quite something. Have you heard the latest? Yeah, his youngest brother Brian is now the AD at Florida Atlantic. Yeah. Uh, Danny, uh, brother Danny is the athletic director at UCF, and then Mike is now the basketball coach at UF. You know, the state of Florida's. Well, you forgot about the dad, Kevin. Yeah, he's at. Well, that's what I'm saying. Kevin is a Kevin is up up there at Duke. I don't think he's going to go anywhere anytime soon. Yeah. But brothers, the brothers now own the state of Florida. Yeah, That's, that's that's a dynasty right there. That's amazing. You know. Well, Terrific. you know, I got to tell you something. What Danny is doing down at UCF is really, really. A, uh, they're a team in all sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they are really real. Their their booster donations are way up. They're really determined to make themselves attractive to another conference. Uh, and, and this is, you know. Everybody keeps talking about, well, USF and UCF would be such good fits in the Big 12 because of the TV market. Yeah. The reason they're not in the Big 12 has everything to do with their all-sports programs. UCF is like 96th, and, and South Florida is, mm-hmm. is like 92nd mm-hmm. in the, Car- in the uh, Director's Cup standings. And this is what one of the things that, that Dan really, really been pushing to change there at, at UCF because yeah. we've got to get these other 
sports other than football uh, competing so that we become uh, we, we become to another conference because it's you know it's one thing to have football but if football's all you got you're not going mm-hmm. to be attractive to a conference like the big 12 which wins national championships and everything they gymnastics softball uh, they won national championships with them last year Oklahoma State usually is one of the top three teams in men's golf for example yeah. basketball you got Kansas in there uh, if if you don't have the well-rounded program you're not going to get move up and yeah. I think this is what Danny is doing there at UCL speaking of winning and having programs I noticed that they posted a picture on Twitter that Mike Hill the associate athletic director and Jeremy Foley said we went out together our final our final event was at the at game on uh, on 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 Saturday um, that was her final that both gone Foley and I didn't know Mike Hill was leaving yeah he's got he's the new athletic director of Charlotte is he Yes, which is a good move for him. The Charlotte area, that's a really good move for him. Good stepping stone there in Conference USA. And and could do well. Uh, they started a football program there, Division One. Um, yeah. One of the first things he's going to get them to where... They're playing in a 15,000-seat stadium, and, and they're going to have to double back capacity and start yeah. building it up. By the way, my, by the way uh, Mike Hill, I think, is a sharp guy. I had some interesting conversations with him six or seven years ago about the f- problem of, uh, of fans, uh, why they were not coming. He had some really smart ideas. Uh, Don Rodgers weighs in again. Danny at UCF has done a great job of hiring coaches, football, men's and women's basketball coaches, Plus, building on what he had, he also hired a great baseball coach. So I guess he's doing quite well down, according to Rutt, who know he lives in the area. He follows it closely. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, friends, uh, I think our final comment is going to go. Larry Alice is asking, what's with uh, the women's basketball uh, program when they start? To, by the way, I, I met Coach Neubauer, and I really liked what I saw about two weeks ago, three weeks ago at the, at the tip-off club. And, friends, give uh, Larry a little explanation on what's going on here and how long before they start uh, competing in the women's basketball. Uh, he inherited an absolute mess. Uh, he took him a year to get them competitive and doing things his way. Uh, they won 11 ball games this year. Next year, I expect them to be close to 500 and – I think they're two years away from really being competitive in the SEC. This is nature is to win. I think that that he'll do it. Uh, from what Scott Strickland told me about him, uh, this is a guy of high integrity that you never ever once will question. Is he going to do it the right way? So the, the, I think they've got the right guy in here uh, to be the women's basketball coach. But you got first thing has to happen is you got to change the basketball culture here for women because uh, for years and years it's been well let's just be competitive you know uh, Tennessee's really good and so, you know and now that Texas A and M for example is in the conference they're really good and so forth but what's happened is this you look at what happened Mississippi State went out there and, and got the right coach and proved Arthur. 
Yeah. South Carolina got Dawn Staley in there. They've won four straight SECs. They won the national championship last year, and I wouldn't bet against her team at all. Heck, I coached against her in AAU basketball way back when, and I got to tell you what, that girl has 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 a, a furnace in her belly. It burns. Mm-hmm. So it can be done other than uh, places other than Tennessee. Tennessee is the only SEC school other. Well, A and M did it back in the day when they were not in the the SEC. But Tennessee and A and M know what it's like to to win at that highest level. And you got to get to a point where you are willing to do something other than just compete. And yeah. that's what we've done here for years. All right, we're out of time, Francis. You ready for a little homework? All right. Tonight when we talk again about 10 after, let's see, 840. I'll, I'll, I'll go on 830. I'm gonna, we're going to break down the season. Gator football, we've got to do wins, losses, and see what you come up with. Go over game by game and see, okay, where do we stand? Because you know what? Football's on us, man. It's here. The schedule's ready to go, and uh, all practices are opening. We got to get ready for football because we got it coming, and we're going to be doing some shows in Gainesville, by the way. Bubba's working on location, and so uh, we're going to get a chance to see these new Gators. I know you're excited about it. I'm excited about it, and I'm pretty sure the Gator Nation kingdom is excited about it. As always, good stuff. I'll talk to you again in about, what is it now? Uh, what's the time? How long is it from now? 6.30 right, now. Well, about two hours, I'll be back on again. I'll talk to you in two and a half. All right. All right. And uh, Laura, Laura, by the way, no, I'll talk to you before Laura, right? So you'll be on with me by 20 up. Laura will be on at 9. So, Laura Rutledge, do you think it's sexist saying she's the sweetheart of Gator Nation Kingdom? Would that be I bad? Huh? I don't I, I, I don't think it is, but then again, buddy, I was born before 19, yeah, why would you know? 1990. So, yeah, you're no more you better know. than me. Maybe I'll ask her if it's okay. We'll ask the, we'll, we'll ask the uh, we have to ask the kingdom what they think about it. Anyway, we like her. All right, friends, we'll talk to you later, buddy. Thanks. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks for watching, listening, and for Staying involved, folks. We'll see you here in a couple hours, all right?